The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here. Brother Rufus is on the phone this morning, and uh, you have a special mission today, don't you, Rufus? Yeah, good morning, Mike, and the folks out Radio Land. I want to go pay tribute to our great friend and U.S. Senator Locke Faircloth, uh, who did so much for North Carolina, was a great farmer. Uh, a great man who uh, voted like he thought he should and, and never tried to put on any airs. So I want to go to his funeral today, and I, I, I'll leave a little bit early today, so I thought we'd, we'd just stay at home today and say hello to everybody, and uh, I'll deliver the, the greetings the weekend gardeners to Senator Locke Faircloth's family. Please, please, please do. Yeah, there's some wonderful people in Sampson County, and he was one of them, and I know he was a good friend of yours. Yes, he was. It it shows you how how people can get along. When in the race for governor in nineteen eighty four, he was one of my opponents, and I beat him. And he came to help me. <laughs> oh wow! Sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't. Well, uh, we you can say good morning to uh, Paul McKenzie, who's here, and Amanda Wilkins. Hi, Rufus. Oh, oh, hi. Hey, Paul and Amanda. Good morning, Rufus. <laughs> yeah. So, we, we miss you, but uh, you're you're doing good stuff there, as always. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I get to I get to look out at my garden this morning. At some point, I'm going to step outside, and I'm going to take a little brief moment and, and say, okay, I'm looking at this. And tell and tell tell y'all what I've got in my garden. I wish you would. I that think would that would be a, a great thing. I don't think we've ever done that before. No, I don't think so. Okay, how about that? Yeah. A little yeah. extra thrill this morning from <laughs> from the weekend gardener. So, uh, what what you uh, had any time at all to walk around the garden this morning, seeing uh, or this week to see anything interesting? Well, uh, I've got a couple. Uh, the media's blooming out. That, that's that's always the thrill to me. This the cyclo. Oh wow! I, I think that's that's really something. When you get a cyclo, I, I haven't heard anybody else getting that. And, uh, I, I, I'm very thrilled about it. 
I, have y'all seen any ca- camellias blooming anywhere? Yeah, uh, I've I, not I really. No. no, I haven't either. But that camellia sasanqua, mm. it's one of my favorite plants, um, and it's underutilized in my opinion. Agreed. Um, There's some really good varieties that would be good in North Carolina. There is a variety with September in it, and I don't. I assume it's a it's a, a sasanqua, but I can't remember if Ann Clapp was uh, on on mm. the show this mm-hmm. morning. She would be able to probably be able to tell us i don't well, know well i've noticed that i've got a couple blooms too on one one called apple blossom mm. one of my favorites all right well I, I think that's an early uh fairly early mm-hmm. blooming yeah. one well and yeah, it's it's been such place. a nice cool kind of uh, we've gone into that cool period where the the nights are gotten got, have gotten cooler so yeah i've noticed some things have uh remontantly put out a few flowers that wouldn't normally this time of year yeah, I, I, I would like. To also, I wish I could transport the wonderful aroma of the hedge <laughs> of osmanthus I've got. Oh, I know. You know, we haven't talked oh, about that. Mine man. have been blooming for a couple of weeks, uh, two or three weeks, and I'm, we haven't talked about it on the show. But that—that's always a sign of fall to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's just dripping. Mm-hmm. The the, uh, the the blossoms are yellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks like a carpet. It reminds me of. Sometimes in these uh, uh, Oriental countries that are Asian, I should say Asian countries, they have weddings and they have flower petals on the ground at the wedding. Well, this is what reminds me of that. I I cooked out some hamburgers last night and I looked around and all of a sudden my my hamburgers were covered by a little (laughs) asbestos. You must have been near the garage. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the, the cooker under the osmosis, and I I didn't try to get too many of them off. I didn't think it hurt because I don't. No, that's not going to hurt you. Nope, they're edible. Um, I went to I went I did them in my master's program. There was um, a lady from China and. Um, and I did my master's in Edinburgh, and there were osmanthus in Edinburgh. They flower at the same time as they do in North Carolina. Oh. But in China, oh, they collect the flowers, and they put them in jars of sugar to flavor the sugar. Oh, neat. Wonderful. Well, the flavor other thing... The sugar? Oh, my. The other thing about both of those plants, Camellia sasanqua and the osmanthus, is they make pretty good hedges. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if somebody's looking for a privacy hedge and... and a much better choice than some of the things people typically use. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Because they're both Paul, pretty uh, tough plants in full sun. This, this uh, hedge I've got is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at right now, there are about six of them, and they were at least uh, eight, ten feet apart, and done, done about right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and they're almost 30 feet tall. Mm. I'd uh, believe it. If you have the proper sun, and osmanthus will grow big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of um, at NC State. NC State uses Osmanthus fortunii, the interspecific hybrid. They use them as hedges there, and I always remember all four and a half years I was there. The first week of October always smelled like Osmanthus fortunii, mm. just like clockwork. Good gracious! Well, I, I just looked up September morn is a camellia that blooms at the end of September. Okay. Mm. So is is that possibly what you have, Rufus? Uh, it's it's totally possible because I know that I do have a September morning that I got off the field one time. Yes, <laughs> so it could be. Now the the one that 
the one that I'm going to walk by after a while is is a pinkish bloom. Uh, huh. Not a medium-sized bloom, and I don't know whether that September morn is pink or not. I don't know. I'll have to have to see if I can find a photo of it. No, it's white. Right. Yeah, it's a white one. So, uh, I don't know. That's something else. How about that? Well, maybe somebody uh, somebody has one that uh, is blooming right now that's similar. But I, that, I'd be interested to see if people uh, are seeing camellias blooming right now. How about mm-hmm. that? That's a, Always have some color in the landscape, right, Rufus? Well, I want something blooming at all times of year. <clears throat> yeah. Even if it's, if, if, even if it's one of those uh, dreadful, wonderful, blessed daffodils. <laughs> or uh, wisteria. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and it may be dangerous to say it, Paul, and, but I, I haven't lost one in about five years. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd even discuss that. <laughs> Jinx it. Well, the other the other important thing about having things that bloom at different times of the year is supporting the pollinators, supporting the beneficial insects, because, I mean, it seems like most landscapes or a lot of landscapes emphasize those spring and early summer blossoms, but those pollinators are looking for nectar sources year round and it can be a little strategic in what you plant. Not only do you enjoy the beauty, um, as Rufus suggests, but also you're helping out, um, with the, the threatened pollinators as well. I, uh, I was leaving, uh, for work about, uh, four something, four twenty-five, something like that. Not today. Uh, not not this morning. <laughs> but I, I went out a different door, and it's a door that's near some lantana, and you could see some uh, bees. I guess they were, I don't know what kind of bees, bumblebee types, you know, that, that larger bee mm-hmm. sleeping on the petals. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Mm-hmm. How about that? I have to shake the ones off in the morning, these ones that I brought with me today. I, I had to shake <laughs> oh, them really good. <laughs> I think that'd be fantastic if, they, if we had a couple of them going from flower to flower. I, oh. I guess it, it would not take them, take them too long to go through those flowers, although we haven't talked about it. Rufus, she brought some uh, beautiful flowers in this morning, gorgeous she, arrangement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, did, did she bring you uh, at Chapel Hill? Uh, <laughs> no Chapel Hill involved, I don't think. No, no. Although you could, I guess you could argue some of the blue could possibly be misconstrued as Carolina blue. What, but uh, I might have some problems with that. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> uh, what did you bring in? Um. So again, I think I, I did this the first time I came I see on. Some this is from in there. Yeah. This is from the Pollinator Haven Garden in Lee County, and um, I've got I think six or seven things here so um i've got uh symphotrichium uh con color it's a type of fall flowering aster i've never grown it before but i am a huge fan of that plant right now um i've got some rosemary in here some russian sage ham and eggs uh lantana um the blue mist flower um eupatorium colostinum that's just now starting to pop and then um of course black-eyed susans and then i've brought a um uh Goldenrod here. Gesundheit. Uh, <laughs> ragweed is not goldenrod. I know. I, know. That's what what, I remember Irv Evans stressing that so many years ago. Yeah. Um, I, but I will say, you know, this, this, um, this aster and the goldenrod, 
Um, they were, I purchased them from uh, Dutch Buffalo Farm, and he grows his stuff from seed. He's based out of Chapel Hill or um, Chatham County. Um, and the diversity and kind of the structure, sometimes the seedling grown stuff isn't great, but some of it like is just really good, solid landscape plant. And in this particular goldenrod, just it holds itself up. It doesn't flop. It's a really straight um, upright goldenrod. It's about as tall as I am, almost six feet tall. But the fact that it holds itself up and it just is so floriferous and the bumblebees just love it. Um, and then this fall flowering aster, um, you know, sometimes the asters can be a little, I don't know, they could be okay and they are very beautiful. But this one, just like the, they are in plumes of blossoms. There's hundreds of blossoms per plume. And, and it's just like, it looks like a cloud of flowers just like sitting on the ground. Um, Rufus, I just sent you uh, the, a photo of that arrangement. <laughs> so okay. you'll be able to see that. I've never grown that aster before. Have you ever grown some patricium con color? No, I haven't. Yeah, and, and it is quite oh, yeah. striking. Aster was, aster client. the artist formerly known as aster yeah how about that well it is a pretty arrangement Uh, now when i mentioned uh chapel hill a while ago i met that that lantana brand oh yeah yeah that the yellow lantana that uh is is not hardy in winter i believe Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's i've forgotten about that one yeah it's uh, a yellow i I still go back and, and stand by my old ham and egg eggers yeah. I, hey, man, I'm with you. I do like me some ham and eggs. Uh, Miss Huff is okay, but ham and eggs just. What What do you like? So I nice. mean, they're similar. And co- what what, uh, what do you like about ham and eggs? Um, More. you know, I I like the 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 kind of the pinkish orange that it has. And then one of the cool things that I noticed about ours at the Pollinator Garden and and the Pollinator Haven Garden is kind of exposed in Lee County, so it does get a little bit more wind and cool air. But if I come in early in the morning, the whole thing will be pink. But by the time the sun comes up around like 8 or 9 o'clock, those center flowers will turn um, yellow again. So it's got this kind of like kaleidoscopic color-changing element based on the sun and the temperature, which I kind of find kind of fun. (laughs) How about that? So, uh, how is your uh, how are the master gardeners plot there in in uh, Henderson? Yeah, uh, we have in some of those same plants blooming um, at the uh, pollinator garden we have at the farmers market in Henderson. Uh, we certainly got we got lots of goldenrod. We got some Joe Pye weed that's probably blooming this time of year. Um, we've got plenty of asters. Um, so yeah, that's that's exactly what we're talking about is. Uh, uh, providing those blossoms through the. Through so you the got Joe Pye weed. Mine bloomed out a ragged while ago. I don't. Well, I don't know what I the difference is. I haven't actually looked lately, but typically we see that blooming kind of later in the season. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're lo- you're up north. Of course you do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that certainly makes a, a difference. Hey, Verona is in Durham. Good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. How can we help you today? I have a fescue lawn question. Ooh. All right. First of all, I thank you all for being there because as I listen and go through my problems with my lawn and my flowers, I keep listening to hear what you all have to say. Well, my I appreciate that. Thank you. Is 
related to crabgrass and Bermuda grass in my fescue lawn, mm. and it's time to overseed. Mm-hmm. And my vendor is suggesting that he could round use Roundup a couple days before overseeding. And just just kill kill all of the the grass and weeds. That's what he's trying to do, and that's done yeah. quite often. Mm-hmm. It, it is. So I am concerned. I've done a little Google research, and most places things are saying mm, that's not a good idea. So close. Well, it, it's it's not it's it's a it's an accepted practice to to renovate a lawn. You know kill everything off with a broad-spectrum herbicide, um, and then replant. Um, the issue you're running into right now is that the preferred time for planting tall fescue is early September. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let, you know, let's say you make that herbicide application today, um, there's typically, you know, there's going to be a waiting period before you can safely sow your seed after that application, which will be described on the label, on the instructions. Um, so now you're looking it's at... It's more than two days. Now you're oh, looking, yeah. yeah. So now you're looking at probably middle of October. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, Amanda, with, with, with climate change, there's just so much more variability in, mm-hmm. you know, weather. I mean, it's just so much harder to predict. So... You know, you could do that, and and we have a nice warm fall, and and it works out great. Um, but you know, the the, the later you if, wait, if you follow if you follow the the book, then you're a little bit a little bit late. Mm-hmm. And um, so your I guess your options would be, you know, go ahead and do that now, and you know, just recognize you're a little bit on the late side. Um, there is a second best window for planting tall fescue in like late February, early March. Mm-hmm. Although, if you did that, it's really tough for the for the, the roots grass. to establish before all that hot weather yeah. Yeah. gets in there. That's only. Yeah. I mean, it it can work. It just depends on where you are, right. I think. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, I, you know, it's, it's an accepted practice. Uh, you know, you, if you get too far into October, you start having a lot of leaves dropping. I don't mm. know what kind oh of gosh, uh, trees yeah. you have, and that's going to mat down. And you know, it's uh, you're going to have to be very diligent, very very diligent about uh, keeping the leaves off, which is hard to you can you can't. It's hard to rake because you rake up those seedlings. Also, watering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're gonna have to be diligent about watering, mm-hmm. honestly, because <clears throat> it's very dry month usually. Yeah, if you're looking for a high quality lawn, my advice is 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 maybe wait until next year, uh, where you can kind of get on the right schedule earlier, um, and that would give you time over the summer if you haven't done a soil sample to check your pH and your your phosphorus levels, especially. Um, because ultimately, if you can get a good thick stand of tall fescue and mow it at the right height, that is your best defense against Bermuda grass and crabgrass. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you can keep a nice, thick, tall stand of tall fescue, you're not going to have those weed problems. Yeah. And <clears throat> and also, uh, there there are pre-emergents. I don't know how you come down on pre-emergents. Pre-emergents can be used for at least the crabgrass. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. And in the fall for chickweed and henbit, things like that. <laughs> right. So it gets very complicated. Now, you know, whenever I hear Bermuda grass, I get really worried, especially when folks are trying to do tall fescue. You know, do do you think it would still be a good idea even just to go ahead and knock the Bermuda grass back a little bit during the season while she's trying to wait for next year? Um. I don't know that there'd be a whole lot of benefit. I think mm-hmm. I think if if you're gonna try to do your your if you if you're gonna wait a, until next year, um, I would try to attack the Bermuda grass. You know, probably next July and August. Um, and I mean, there's I don't know how much sun you have. If you have full sun, if you have at least eight hours of sun, mm-hmm. and not a lot of root competition, you can wait until late may and and plant a warm season grass which is considered permanent grass as opposed to fescue and ryegrass which are or of turf specialists consider temporary grasses mm-hmm. so that that's an that's another alternative hold on a second uh, verona we've got to take a break for news and we'll be back and and talk more about your problem here on the wptf weekend gardener Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF at 836. And uh, Verona, yes. Verona and her grass. Verona, I don't know. We, I was just looking up. There, there's something. Do you like reading? There is a publication that uh, we've been recommending for, for decades. And you used to have to call the extension service can you still call the extension service and get a copy of carolina lawns yeah absolutely well you could do that too one in the mail with a stamp yeah and what is it called carolina lawn yeah it's it's carol if you you can google it too carolina lawns a guide to maintaining quality turf in the landscape and you can you can sit here and and read it right now it'll tell you everything you need to know about grass and it's something you can sit and contemplate well here's my bottom line verona uh if you if you do decide to go ahead and proceed now just be mindful that you may have to do more you know kind of repeat the process next summer um I, and so, that's true for a lot of people with fescue. Right, I mean, they, they right. can. It just depends. We don't think of fescue as liking sun, but the best-looking lawns have eight hours of, of sunlight. Definitely. Right. And uh, it's not just for warm-season grasses. Yeah. And Rufus has, has remained silent through this whole thing because <laughs> he doesn't care about grass, right, <laughs> Commissioner? And I don't want you to think that I'm some kind of an oddball. But if you notice, I remained mute. And I, I, <laughs> hey, I thought you had us on mute. I I support you, Rufus. <laughs> I will be the first person to help anybody not plant turf. Yeah, and just mow the green. Yeah, it's, well, I, yeah. 
It's I all think, in what you want. I think it has a place in the world. Absolutely. Sure. I, I, think I, love, sure. I love a beautiful lawn. I, uh, but I especially... I especially love that the people are trying the warm season grasses, which yes. uh, are yeah. much easier to care for if you have the right conditions. Definitely, right? right. Yeah. And so I have my th- takeaway right now is from the discussion is uh, aerated overseed now. Don't worry about my crabgrass and my, my neighbor's crabgrass. No, you can't. You can't do anything about it now. That that takes really a pre-emergence in uh, February, March time period and then uh, again in in early summer right. after uh, for an application so you can't do that uh anything about that now okay and that's what i was thinking but i just needed and and check your check your mowing height uh if whether you're mowing or you got somebody else mowing um make sure that that lawnmower is set on the absolute highest setting um mm-hmm. and that will make a big difference with the the thickness of the stand and the the weed pressure that you have as well definitely yeah tall fescue you it's it's kind of, it, you have to leave that quite a bit higher than kind of traditional bermuda kind of looking grass that you kind of expect so your grass is going to look taller but it will be healthier and more lush yeah. if you're trying to um cultivate tall fescue you can also, if you're really concerned, um, you can send in a picture of some of a if, a, if you've got a problem area in your lawn, take a good quality picture of that area and email it to the Durham County Master Gardeners. They've got a lot of great master gardeners who can um, probably send you a copy of the Carolina Lawn Maintenance Guide and um, and can give you some kind of specific guidance on what's what it's looking like. Well, thank you. This is helpful. I hope so, Verona, and let us know what happens so you keep well, us updated. And by the way, I, I admire people that try to work hard on their yard. Yeah. So, with so little time to put on something. I know. I'm going to put mine in hydrangeas and camellias <laughs> rather than trying to have a, a perfect lawn. Yeah, that's kind of the way I have, I have been. Have uh, beautiful lawns. I have kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. Mm. anyway but uh, I'm, I'm really cultivating some some nice uh, wild strawberries mm. yeah so and they look good too mm-hmm. but, it's uh, great. thank you all very much thank you very much thank you verona bye-bye what'd you say rufus those wild strawberries don't taste very good the ones no no i i, I agree <laughs> i agree I, you know even with the whipped cream oh no <laughs> whipped cream and uh and cake it just just doesn't work but it's uh, it's potentilla it's just trying to lie to you yeah that's right uh herb is it is down in janesville visiting his mama hey herb professor how are you I am terrific. Good morning to all uh, Mike, Rufus, distinguished guests, and Paul, I believe. Paul and Amanda. Amanda, good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Mike, I have two, maybe two things. Uh, Well, you just mentioned grass. Uh, I have so many trees around my uh, house and yard that I only have a strip of Zorcia on the sidewalk, so it looks like I at least belong in the community. <laughs> well, that's that's good. A great. I like that strategy. You picked a nice, nice grass yeah. for that. That Herb. works, man. Yeah, but the rest of it is kind of hit and miss, uh, mm-hmm. moss and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to put in some uh, plugs of zorcia for some spots later on. But 
uh, I am I'm not going to be able to deal with grass. I've mm-hmm. tried to do it, and the pine trees and everything, they just, the roots, speaking of roots, um, I grow everything, all my trees, oranges, and on and on, in pots. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would say to people who do that now is, I just pulled up uh, my tomato plants, and in one of the pots or buckets or whatever we want to call them, I noticed it was hard to pull up the 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 uh, whatever the bucket, uh, and what had happened was I got lazy, and the roots had grown into the pot and had colonized. So uh, hmm. if you've got container uh, got containers, you might want to check them before the uh, you start doing it again in the spring. The other thing is, if you've got containers, now would be a great time to redo the soil by compost or something, uh, clover or whatever that will grow, because uh, we've been wearing out the soil growing all summer long. So, uh, Oh, the other thing was, when I got back this past week, I was in the back and I was going up to the deck and I said, whoa, what is that smell? And I couldn't find it, and I went out to the front yard in the street, and I still smelled it. And you know what it was? Osmanthus. Osmanthus? You got it. Yeah. It just, it smells, that's what fall smells like to me. It is. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say to anybody who wants the most fragrant plant you could probably think of, go with the old tiala. I mean, it is just absolutely incredible. And I have to thank you folks for that because I wasn't aware of it, but a couple of years ago, you, just, you talked so much about it, I got one, and now it's the best thing in the yard, I think. Yeah, and you know, the more that that likes a lot of sun too. I think you get Rufus has uh, some real huge ones, and I, you've never seen so many flowers, and they're tiny little flowers, but they're just yeah. packed. Well, I, I looked out the window a while ago, and and I said, my gosh, it's raining. <laughs> Those little blooms are falling down. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Have a great weekend, Mike, Rufus, Paul, and Amanda, and be blessed. Well, you Thank too, you. Herb. Thank, Thank you so you. much. That's Herb from yeah. Jam. But visiting his mama down, telling all about his uh, trip to, to Egypt, mm. recently, a wow. former professor at uh, UNC. Nice. There. Just a, one of our favorites. Great guy. Uh, 919-860-9783. More of the Weekend Gardener straight ahead here on WPTF. It's 845. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All righty, we're back on WPTF, the Weekend Gardener at 847-919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, Brother Rufus is with us by phone today, and uh, Paul McKenzie has uh, joined us from the Cooperative Extension Service in um Vance County and in Warren County and uh, Amanda Wilkins is here from Lee County and and so glad to 
have our callers and listeners this morning, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, so, Roof is only one one camellia that you've noticed blooming today? Well, I'm, I'm not out there yet. I, I haven't made my rounds this morning. Oh, well, that, that you, uh, yeah, whenever you, you finish finish your your breakfast you can uh, you can head out there at your leisure yeah sure, that's a, yeah that'd be interesting well, I, well you have I so many to choose up. from too i just whipped up some eggs and, and sausage oh wow i, I, have to I had i had cheerios <laughs> well i, I fruit. had fruit loops yesterday <laughs> fruit, fruit loops fruit loops rufus i have a question for you you know sure. you've been gardening for quite a while where have you gotten your camellias over the years uh most of them from phil campbell and and the uh the farmer's market and occasionally from uh, nelsa uh-huh. uh i've i've always wanted to visit that camellia garden at chapel hill mm-hmm. and i've never really gotten over there uh I'm camellia forest you mean 70, 75 to 80 camellias, camellias all together mm-hmm. on the plane. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it That's sounds like we need to go on a road trip. Yeah. I've never been over there either, Rufus. I've, I've got from cutting. Now, it takes a while, but if you've got one that's particularly good, I used to, when I was in public office, in the back of my car, I guess they'd get me for it, the state altars would. I kept a pair of cutters. <laughs> and bags and I'd go to visit somebody's home and spend the night with them. I see something out there pretty and I say, Could I have a cutting of that? <laughs> and I'd take it, put it in the car and grow some. Uh I've got I got a couple of good things from the J C Ralston plant uh giveaway each year. hmm That's next weekend, y'all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Gosh, it's always the, the botanic- first Saturday in October. And the uh, <laughs> the botanical gardens in Chapel Hill is having their uh, plant sale, their fall plant sale today. So that's oh, a that's a that's oh, yeah. a huge thing. We had um, yeah, we had that nice man absolutely. Uh, it it is it is is so wonderful uh, always to have Dan Stern on. Dan Stern, yeah, uh, who is the uh, director of horticulture at the the botanical gardens. He he's He's a great guy. There's some wonderful people at uh, the Botanical Gardens, and my wife's family has been associated with that uh, for uh, many, many years. Uh, 919-860-9783. <clears throat> Excuse me. 919-860-WPTF. Mark is in Garner. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Yes, sir. Oh, How can we help you? I know oh, who this is. I this do, is too. Mart. <laughs> hey, Mart. Oh, this is this Mart. Is well, it says Mark. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, that's an easy mistake. That's, that's all right. It's all right, Jason. You don't have to change it. Mart. Hey, buddy. You cannot mistake that voice. No, you cannot. I, I heard good morning. I knew exactly who it was. Well, Our bodyguard. Paul being on there and, and uh, um, my, my, my fellow agent from Lee County. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. And then I heard, I heard somebody say, hey. I've never been to Camellia Forest. That was <laughs> Rufus. That was me. <laughs> well, I'd like to invite you all down. 
Oh my gosh, that would be such a cool takeover, extension takeover uh, too. How, is, how far is uh, Camellia Forest from uh, the extension service office? Uh, it's about uh, about 20 minute drive. It's not too far. It's, it's off of uh, 54. Yeah. You know, I, I feel ashamed to admit that I've never been over to Camellia Forest and I've met David Parks several times and what they have done for camellias in North Carolina you know, we've had a, a couple of really great camellia nurseries in North Carolina, but really what the parks have done for camellias in, in North Carolina is really incredible. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And and I'll tell you, they've got a tea house now, or they're, they're in the process of building a tea house, but um, they they have uh, different events in the spring and in the fall. Hmm. I am so gratified that you listened to this show, Mark. <clears throat> that's that's what I'm most interested in. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I love this show. <laughs> what did you say, Rufus? First hand would listen to us. I, I, we didn't get the whole sentence. What did you say? I'm just amazed that, that Bart, knowing, Mark knowing exactly what goes on, yeah. would, would come down and listen to us. I know. <laughs> Well, we should be cast off. I love to hear the back the back channels with you, Rufus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Who wouldn't? <laughs> We're very privileged. He just he comes up with some zingers. That's for sure. Even yeah. When you're off the air. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's the show. There's the broadcast show, and then there's the and that's the way the it always show. the other the it's side the show. Always, yeah. It's that's the way it uh, it always is in radio. Um, Wish we could uh, present uh, all of it, but oh, uh, that's the way. So, uh, what you have a lot of projects going on uh, at your extension office, Mark? We certainly do. The Barney B. Davis <laughs> Demonstration Gardens are, are what we're collectively calling all of our gardens. Um, our master gardeners came up with this beautiful plan, uh, and we're implementing um, bits and pieces of it as we as we get money and so we're trying to raise money right now to be able to, to actually buy plants <laughs> <laughs> i know well, that problem. That, uh the, you know that uh, rufus i think you may know some people it's possible that you know some people who might want to help out who knows that there are a lot of uh there are a lot of resources aren't there rufus oh absolutely well and mart i need some uh plants divided down here in lee county so if y'all want to come uh Get some stuff. <laughs> that would be that we could we could certainly come on an expedition. Aha. Yeah, we uh, we actually it's really cool that you uh, you were telling talking about your garden yesterday. We did a um, a free pop up um, workshop about um, garden editing and perennial division yesterday at the peren- at the Pollinator Haven Garden, and I had surprisingly with one week's notice we had uh, six people show up for that. Um, and six of us, actually, I think it ended up to be in 10 people total. Um, we renovated just about, you know, a 15 by 15 bed, but it took us an hour and a half of working and talking through everything. And we ended up with a 12 by 10, uh, tarp full of stuff left over, but amazingly it did go home with somebody. Thank goodness. So, but I have, I have a whole other garden that needs some editing. So come on down. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, Amanda, you I'll the, certainly you coordinate with term, you to, to bring gardens uh, out. That'd be great, Mark. Sorry, sorry, Rufus, what you saying? You, you use the term garden edit, editing? Yes, sir. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. 
No. Oh, yeah. Well, you probably have been doing it your whole life, just not realizing it. You know, you put a plant somewhere and it's doing its thing and it kind of gets a little bit bigger or you're like, you know what? I like you, but I don't want I don't like you doing that anymore. I want to move you over here and put something else there. It's that process. It's just that gardening process. But I think when you give it that, you know, the term editing, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily involve a renovation. It just I think it acknowledges that a garden is an ever-changing thing and that plants can grow and change and your aesthetic grows and changes and you you learn things about plants. Sometimes you put a plant somewhere and you realize, oh, I didn't think you were going to do that. Um, so I think it just acknowledges that process. Yeah, good word. Good, good. <laughs> it's not mine. I wish I could claim it, but it is definitely not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so how how can uh, folks help? Uh, how would they get in touch with you, Mart, uh, for this project? Well, um, we've got uh, on our website. We're, we're actually posted um, an, an ask letter, um, but it's our community garden. It's the Bonnie B. Davis uh, demonstration gardens, and uh, I'm sure it's on our Facebook and our website. And I think we're actually going to post it on uh, your Facebook. Yes, I, I would. I was getting ready to uh, suggest that uh, if you would please do that, we would. We certainly will, because we're um, we'll we'll share this, you know, this our uh, rewards uh, across the the state, because this is one of those gardens that um, people want to come and see. Yeah, I, I would say so. And and uh, tell us about Bonnie. Um, Bonnie B. Davis was um, was a, a black extension agent. Um, in the county, she dedicated her entire life uh, to extension. It was the home home economics, and now it's considered the, the family and consumer sciences. They've changed the name, uh, and um, she was. Uh, and this is the first uh, building in Orange County that was named after a black woman, oh. and it is uh, mm. the first first ever um, building named after an extension agent for uh, family. Wow! What a great honor! What a a wonderful thing! We are just excited, you know, to to start getting the beds around um, in the shape where that people will be happy to come and look and learn. And what we're doing is we're demonstrating different challenges people face in Orange County. For example, we have one of our gardens on a slope, and we have one where the plants have to stay low uh, because it's around a sign. And we have an edible garden, where a uh, year-round edible garden, where we've got uh, blackberry trellises and, and great uh, muscadine trellises. And we have raised beds. We have fruit, fruit shrubs, and we have fruit trees. And we're just going to have a lot of things in there um, as, we, as we continue to plant. And, and like Amanda said, gardens continually evolve. Uh, we have a container garden for people who don't have a yard. And so that's going to highlight those that area of what you can do um, for in containers. So you're you're mainly looking for funding. Yes, yes. <laughs> right now we're how much how much funding do you need? <laughs> just just uh, Rubus oh, Rubus probably has pocket change. Uh, probably has it in his wallet right now. <laughs> <laughs> not that you're putting them on the spot. Or no, you. no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not uh, telling Rufus <laughs> yeah. to, to do um, this. Frankly, I each one of the gardens has I'm a grab it. Super kids. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Each one of the gardens has a separate uh, a separate uh, amount that they're 
that they're looking to, to buy. And, and obviously, we're not going to be able to purchase everything at one time. Hey, um, hey, so- Mart, Mart, hold on a second. Can you hold on a minute? Sure. All right, we'll be back. 